and we are live with no other than Jamo. How are we today, brother? I'm good, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> what a kick. Thank you for being here. So what's been new, man? Um, I've just been developing heaps of music, obviously, during lockdown. I haven't been able to do too much, but trying to use that time just to harness creativity and, and get ready for what, what's coming in the future. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Well, you just dropped um, one of your new singles the other day. Did you want to talk us through that and the process of developing that absolute banger? Yeah, definitely. So Come to Life uh, is a very special song. It's, uh, it's a meaning of the beginning of a whole new generation of music coming from that project. That's why it's like Come to Life. It's, that's the name of it, which is the message of like the birthing of, I guess, a, heap, a whole new chapter of sounds. And it was a long process in getting it to where, where it is. There was a lot of revisions um, back and forth with mixing and stuff, but so happy with the final results and um, the reactions have been awesome from the audiences and I can't wait just to keep sharing more music and keep growing everything. That's beautiful, man. Definitely. And it's sort of like a unique sound, but it's also can be like appreciated by all sorts of audiences because it has that sort of future house sound mixed in with like a touch of like Rufus the Soul with your own signature touch. And how did you get to like develop that sound? Because you've been producing for how long now? Almost eight years. That's yeah, ass. almost almost eight years. So you know, it's it's probably all that time. Has, it feels like it's been building and building until this this moment where I feel I found my sound, and it's kind of like all those inspirations is kind of what's made me my own sound. You know, I feel like from Rufus to Hayden James to all those like kind of artists when I was growing up, I'd look up to those guys, and they've influ influenced my style and my. I guess my sound so much and it's really come through now and I, but I've obviously like mixed them all to kind of make my own original touch. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. It's been a long process, but you know, it's been so rewarding. And now that I'm at this level, I think it's like just beginning. So it's mm. time to just keep going. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Definitely. And the fact that you're taking influences from Rufus and Hayden James and those artists, the fact that your sound is now unique to yourself, with your awesome sound but also it sort of can reference the sort of tone of those songs is such an accomplishment because brother listening to some of Rufus's songs you're like how did they possibly make that <laughs> I know right the essence and just the the detail it's awesome <laughs> definitely it's so crazy and when you are producing are you um because I've seen your studio it looks like something off Pinterest man it's so as <laughs> what um sort of gear do you use do you work mostly um in the door or yeah talk us through the creative process when you're actually making a track yeah definitely I um I like to obviously have the studio really set up so it's like a vibe because it's then inspiring so mm -hmm. having it all set up really nice is the inspiration and then I love my analog equipment I have a mood minute I use on all my bass lines pretty much so I record in analog sounds. It's like more rich and full in the low end. And then I have a couple other pieces like the OB6, which is an analog polyphonic synthesizer. Um, mm. I'm a bit of a gear geek when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. And then I love to just sample to like record it into Ableton and then working inside Ableton and, and twisting sounds, you know, change them to make them more original. And I love sampling things from online. I use Splice, which is an awesome mm. website. which has heaps of sounds and, you can just get so creative in there and always find inspiration. So it's a mix of, um, you know, sampling and then recording my own, my own melodies and my own sounds into everything. And I think that's how I find my best results. That's awesome, man. I love what you said as well about you're a bit of a gear geek. I did a um, <laughs> vet course in music production with Eric Powell, if you know who that is. He does the mobile discos with Carl Cox, absolute yep. king of a bloke. And he said once, he's like, if you want to be good in this industry, you have to be a geek man because geeks can like yeah, sort yeah, yeah. of yeah get a hold of it. So. 100% because there's so much detail in all of it. And I think that you've got to just have that passion for it because that's that's like the driving force behind it all. Yeah, definitely, man. And what made you first start want to um, produce music and how did you sort of find your feet? Because nowadays it's so much easier, I would imagine, with like so many YouTube tutorials out there. But I feel like back in the day, there might not have been um, back in the day, but like eight years ago, you started. Sorry. Um, there wouldn't have been as much available. 
No, you're right. I um I like had I was very lucky. Um I just like when I was young, I just knew like from a very young age, like when I was 13 almost, that music was for me. And I just like was like, this is 100% what I have to dive into. And my mom actually had a, had a friend who was doing music production, and he he was he's like a bit older. He's like an adult when I was really young, and he was a bit of a mentor for me. So I was blessed to have someone like giving me tips and tricks and giving me the right plugins and all the right advice from mm. the, from the very beginning. And that like kind of gave me a really good like I think little head start with my journey. And then I was always using YouTube tutorials, but I would find that they would always have a, have, a, have a bit of a ceiling and a bit of a limit. So having someone that you can talk to, like a mentor, really changed the game. And from there, I just like persevered and persevered and then just kept working on it every day relentlessly. And all, all of a sudden it just clicks. And then that's when the fun begins because all the technical side goes behind as second nature. And you can then just get back to the art of it. And that's the most fun. Definitely. That's so awesome, man. Having a mentor would have been so beneficial because you'd be able to like sort of, um, as you said, get a head start because it is not as accessible to like, if you want to learn how to play the guitar, I feel like that's more accessible to if you want to learn how to make like house music. Like they don't teach that at school. They should, brother. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Imagine that. I feel like the generation below hopefully can have music production as an instrument at schools and stuff like the music quality as a generation would just get so so good too. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's so accurate because you look at the festivals that are going on um, in Melbourne or even Australia, the ones that are attracting like tens of thousands of people are like Doofs and then like Beyond the Valley and stuff like that. There's an interest in it for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when you first started making music um, eight years ago, so would you have been like 16, 15, 13, 14? Yeah, I was 16. Definitely. And what sort of sound were you pursuing at the time? Yeah, I was always into electronic music. That's that's something that's always been there. And for some reason, I don't know why, the like kind of electric, high high energy, like would really make me feel certain emotions that no genre could. And I, I just like was so gravitated towards that. So I um thought, you know, when I was young, it was so there for me. I, I feel I use music almost as an escape sometimes because it was my safety net. And then I found through that I wanted to express and elaborate those emotions and expand them for the world because I think I was feeling such a radical, like crazy emotions from them. If I could express that in music and share it, then everyone would be able to open up with their emotions more too. And it just like helps helps culture and vulnerability through people. Definitely. And that's such like a genuine reason to want to pursue music because um, there's some people who want to do that but it's a bit difficult to sort of grasp the technicality but I believe um you were given that mentor for a reason so you were able to give your gift which is great by the way that absolute banger that just came out and share it because yeah that's like the most genuine form of making music yeah totally I think that if the essence is true like that then I, I don't think you can go wrong because you know it's all for the love of it Definitely, yeah. And you can't can't fake like authenticity. Like you can tell if someone's doing something just for um, monetary gain, but if you're trying to like bring value, it always shines through, which it definitely does with your music. Man, thank you. I appreciate that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm full of compliments, brother. And so <laughs> around the time you started um, producing at 16, did you automatically start DJing as well? Yeah, actually, that's a good question. I actually was DJing before production. Mm. So I, I was, you know, doing house parties um, and I was always like, you know, this is sick, but there was a point where I was like, I, I've been playing other people's music the whole time. Like, you know, it's they're not quite hitting the mark of what I can envision, like possibilities with music. So it like stems like this, uh, you know, desire to, to get into music production to to really get those emotions into into the music for people to hear and experience. Definitely, that's awesome. And you're from down the other end of the ninch, aren't you? You're from yeah. where? St. Andrews Beach, down the very bottom of the peninsula. Dude, great spot. Um, a DJ, I don't know if you know her, Kaya Broadsmith's 18th. Went off like a frog in a sock, brother. That was insane. That's the only part I've yeah. ever DJed at St. Andrews. That's great. Yeah, they know how to party down there, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. And 
Um, was there a lot of like house parties each weekend that you'd be DJing, like at least once a week? Yeah, it was it was heck, like it's crazy. It feels like another world now after you know what's been happening because it's like we were going every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend we were DJing, <laughs> and it was just back to back to back. But I feel like I learned so much about pressure in, in DJing through that because I was sometimes doing eight hour sets out of just like consistently with the people dancing, and I felt like. I learned how to DJ really well through those kind of circumstances because mm. you were just going for it like a marathon and it just like gave me another level of, I think, expertise in, in music selection for those type of events. Definitely. So yeah, that, that, that was awesome. That's awesome, dude. And what type of music would you be playing from like start to finish? Would it be the music that you wanted to play or would you have to play sort of a mixture of things based on what you were feeling? Yeah, it's all just, I, I'm all for the crowd always. Like, it, I think that that's what it's always about. Just wanting to make sure that they're having the best time because then you'll have the best time. And I would just cater it specifically to each event. Like, they're all very different, you know, crowds and demographics, which all attract different styles of music. And I think being able to play all styles within one set is is a lot of fun too because it keeps it interesting and, and it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, man. Like, when... You give a crowd something that they're not expecting, but they want it, but they just don't know it yet. That's like one of the best feelings ever, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's so tight. And when did you get your first over 18 gig and where was it? How did it come about? Because that would have been such a milestone moment. Yeah, I actually was DJing a couple of clubs when I was 17 and I would go down and get stat decks from the police shop and just to like make sure I would leave before I was like, you know, the before everyone would get there and stuff. And I managed to do my first ever set um, at a place in Frankston, I think. And it was just like a, at a bar there. And it was like, I was nervous. I went down with my USBs. I only had 10 songs on my USBs and I was going to play every single song. And I, if they asked me to play longer, I wouldn't have been able to continue. <laughs> so it was like, I was just getting getting the hang of it. And it was an aesthetic feeling. I've been being super nervous, but. Um, you know, you feel so alive in that. And I'll cherish those memories forever, for sure. Mm, definitely, yeah. The first um, gigs that I had, I would get so nervous, but I, I think it would be the same with you because you've had all this experience. Because I've DJed a handful of house parties myself. Um, yes. Great fun. And I can agree with you, playing to the crowd is something very, very important. Um, but you do sort of want to get that vibe from your own production, which would be great because... 16 year old you brother would be very proud of what you're putting out now so that's awesome thank you i appreciate that a lot it feels like that my inner child is um is very proud i think of, of the path we've taken i think it's like everything you would have wanted <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and because sometimes it is a little bit um difficult i feel to sort of be like okay this is what i want to do this is the path is there sometimes like coping not coping mechanisms but ways you can sort of like shift your focus away from any self um doubt or anything it seems like you obviously have because you're doing so well for yourself thank you yeah but as as you know every i think every human experiences doubt at some point or you know anxiety or fear and stuff and i think it's all about just that burning desire so that you can then keep like keep persevering and you'll find that that's the way to kind of surpass any anxiety and fear because you, you become really present in the moment. And there are all future things that don't really exist yet. So it's all about just eliminating that, making sure you're present and going into nature, for example, meditation is a big thing. Um, mm. Finding through all that kind of uh, philosophical, like spirituality, there's a lot of like um, ways of maneuvering the mind and, and working with it, you know? And I think it's all about just find that stableness and just you know following your intuition and your passion because life's too short not to <laughs> that's beautiful man I absolutely love what you're saying as well about getting into nature and opening up to your spiritual side was there a certain time in your life where you were introduced to sort of meditation or spiritual outlets or practicing yeah things like that Totally. My mom is actually a like a spiritual worker, Reiki psychic. Um, so I've had it, I've been raised by someone that's super spiritual. So it's deep in my it's deep in my DNA almost where I feel I feel a connection with that stuff for sure. Mm, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I only got opened up to it, I think it'd be coming on a year and a half ago now, just with um 
meditation. I never meditated before, but my um, girlfriend, her family is sort of um, practice things like that. And so I did it for the first time. I meditated and it was like, <laughs> it was like I went to heaven and back. It was like the best feeling I've ever experienced. Yes. That's awesome. You probably did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good, man. And so would you have touched on um, creative visualization as well? Definitely. Yeah. It's like, it's so interesting. Like, you know, when looking back now at all the events we've done and all that stuff and they're all, they're all manifestations of things that I, I was hoping to do when I was younger and they all came real. And it's like, through man, through meditation and visualization, you can you can manifest almost anything if you align your energetic vibration. So I would like you work on just like channeling something, visualizing you in that you know environment, and then making sure that you can lift your energy. And I feel that you'll find that it's just a matter of time before the universe catches up, and it'll mm. bring that into your reality. Mm. No, definitely. I love how. Um your wealth of information on the topic. You've explained that really well Um, because it's something that I feel it can seem a little bit um, hazy on the surface, but I feel like once you dive in and then you start um, just focusing on your breathing or imagining a scenario and how you want it to pan out, it's like, it's pretty, it's the proof is in the pudding, brother. If you can like think of a situation, how you want it to fold out, you're getting such a good grasp on things that you want to achieve like how you were saying and we are back <laughs> we dropped Hello. out for a second there that was so <laughs> funny um but yeah we were just touching on the abilities of creative visualization how that sort of impacted in your life for being able to manifest into things that you've been focusing on in those practices mm, yeah no it's a, it's a vital uh, ingredient that i think that a lot of people aren't too familiar with i think that the more people open their minds to this stuff and the more that they dive into it, I think it can only yield more blessings into their life. And the gratitude is a big part of all of it. And I think the more grateful you are for everything that you already have can only give you more, more things that you want, you know? Mm, definitely. Yeah. Gratitude is such an amazing practice because every time you sort of get a negative thought, you can sort of just counter it with something that you're grateful for. Mm, yeah you can flip it it's like the art of being an optimist almost you know you can turn anything into a positive (laughs) yeah definitely that's so awesome Uh, I could only imagine have you ever like when you've been at a festival or away somewhere in nature have you ever like had the chance to like meditate or practice any of these things because I feel like that'd be so immersive um I I not when performing at festivals but attending um Definitely. I, I've attended Strawberry Fields before um, everything happened. And I feel at that festival, it was like the, it was like groups of like meditations like happening. And there's like, it's all about that energy, I think. And those type of events are really cultivating that experience for people. And I think it can open their minds, especially if their friends are getting into it. And for me, it was like a sense of community and tribe through it all. And like, I think that it's really nice to connect back to that. It's like something that we're really urging for at the moment. We've been missing it a lot, that human connection. And the more we can do it, it's just going to only give us, you know, a better future together. Definitely. That's so true because it is like sort of a way to connect with people. It's amazing. And what year did you go to Strawberry or have you been multiple times? This went once and it was probably 2018. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was an experience and a half. I think I've never been the same ever since. It changed my life forever in terms of like the way I feel about music festivals and culture. And it just like, yeah, really, it really felt like almost one of the best moments of my life so far. Mm. Really cool. That's so special because I was fortunate enough to go um, the year after in 2019. Mm. And I can completely relate to how it was like nothing else I've ever experienced before. Um, mm. the culture, the stages, just, I, yeah, everyone was so nice there, man. It was lovely. Yeah, that's it. I think the, the festival's done an awesome job of cultivating that mindset. Everyone comes in wanting just to have fun and, you know, experience. Mm, definitely. It would be so awesome to perform there. It would be hectic. I could just imagine that's, you yeah. on Absolute the beach stage. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the beach stage, man. Oh. oh no it'd be amazing because they've got the river running by so you can have a quick dip dance bare mm. feet in the sand you know get back to that it's awesome <laughs> oh dude so crazy they 
yeah, they've been through the battles, man, with um all the natural disasters and then um having to cancel. It's it's a shame. But they're doing that two weekend thing, which I feel like is a great alternative to still support the festival and still get to go and have fun. I saw that and I'm I'm definitely hoping to attend. It looks looks awesome and it'd be great to support them for all they've done recently and yeah. Really yeah, cool. definitely. Cause I don't know about you, but when I do attend um, events or things like that, you can sort of like, this is probably not shit, it's pretty, pretty unique, but you can sort of like picture, okay, this is, um, this is how it was mapped out. Cause like you have that intellectual curiosity of how things are formed, you know, okay. There was probably a promoter. There was this, there was that, but at strawberry man, the amount of minute detail into little things and like the overall art, you're like not even thinking about that slightly. You're just so immersed in the environment and it's so special. It's Mm. so special. That's it. They've really cultivated that essence. mm, Yeah. And that, yeah, I just feel like it makes such a emotional environment to listen to dance music in because yeah, it's, it's so much more than to a four to the floor, brother. And like those environments is just perfect to visualize when you're making music for a festival. Have you ever like created a song with a certain memory like that in mind? Definitely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's good. That's a great question because after Strawberry, I was so into like the underground dance music scene and it stemmed into me even starting like a side project called Asunder, which is like mm. a project which is like all about that progressive dance music it's no vocals just all instrumentals and it really stemmed uh like it really ignited a, a flame inside me i think and and a, and a really big passion mm. so they can really change direction and, and mindset and they really they really help people i think it's 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 good we need more of them <laughs> yeah definitely it's an investment in your yourself really going to things like that when you're a creative because you get inspiration from so many different artists was there a particular set in mind that really struck a chord with you to start that side project or any other endeavors oh that's a really good question um i remember seeing uh who was playing it might have been i think i saw bicep bicep were playing and they were insane and they kind of really inspired that like a bit of a breakbeat euphoric ambience with like progressive music and a bit of a mood about the the melodies that they play in the chords mm. and the drums and their whole production's professional and the visual stimulant with the music it's all in sync and just the whole the whole experience mm. was awesome and, and that was a big game changing moment definitely that and so did they play at strawberry i'm pretty sure it was bicep yeah 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 that's so tight man were they playing live or a dj set i think it was a dj set that's so yeah. Good. Oh, it would have been so crazy because they would have played Glue Brother, would have played Opal. It would have been off its absolute rocker. All the hits. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's so good. I haven't had the pleasure of seeing them live, but at um, Beyond the Valley, I I promise you I manifested it, man. I swear every DJ played Glue by Bicep at night. I was like, please. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, you just want to keep hearing it after those experiences because it was so nice. Mm, definitely and ingrains such memories into your mind and it's so good because the proof is there that you were so heavily influenced by these artists just doing what they love that means you're definitely doing that for people as well because you're releasing music that you're proud of and it's good other people are going to think it's good and people are going to start projects based on your art and it's the gift that keeps giving brother Man, I love the way you put that because that's that's the whole the whole goal of it, you know, is to hopefully inspire and um, inspire the youth that are coming through to believe in themselves that they can do it too. Because that any anything's possible, and I think that music music is that gift of self belief. Mm, definitely, yeah. And you're also touching on such good points of how you can sort of get the from when you first start um, producing, how like the journey will take you along a way. And to be able to stay on track, you're touching on such great points about um, visualization, meditation, and just sort of believing in yourself and seeing the end product through. And yeah, it's just, it's great to understand your sort of ethic and approach to, to music. It's wonderful. Thank you, my man. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all part of the whole ecosystem. They all, they all build into it. And it really comes through the music. I think 
music when you create it it's just the reflection of what you are in that in that moment and that's why no two songs are the same on each day and you know it's it's so interesting what you are vibrating at like on your energy or what your thoughts are thinking about you will turn into that song so that's mm. where the practices come in to keep you on track definitely yeah i was touching on this the other day um with another artist called noah power absolute king and we were talking about exactly what you just said how it, you're expressing yourself it's sort of like journaling but like into ableton <laughs> and sort of fossilizing yeah. your thoughts in a way which is so special yeah no it really is they're like songs are almost photo albums I, I listen back to them and visuals of the memories of those songs all come back with what you're experiencing in that time of your life so mm. you know having having the music out it's it's really cool because you've got your own like photographic memory aligned with all the songs and you can just go back in past and experience what you're experiencing and it's it's really nice it's really mm, cool. definitely yeah and getting to be able to play that on a dance floor hypothetically strawberry beach stage man and this like <laughs> thought thought of yours is just like oh people are loving it that's yeah that's what i think about really like it's so mm. so tight um do you have a vision board uh, I I have one, a digital one though. I, I use Trello and it's like my mood board where I've got my goals, um, inspiration mm. um, and then all the songs I'm working on too that are unreleased and I keep it as like the headquarters of the project and in there it's my organisation and I find that keeping it digital is just easy for me to quickly manoeuvre and change things when I, might, when I need to. Definitely. That's way more practical. You can probably say it looks like a live library caught on fire over here, man. It's very unorganized, <laughs> but I, I love it. It's so good. It has a um, work to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's so funny. There's two ways to get to the one end. That's so funny. Yeah. So when you were getting um, started and growing with your production, did you have any friends that sort of um, you could bounce off like along the journey with production and DJing? Definitely, yeah. My best friend Noah, who um, has sung on a couple of songs called Young Soul, he is he's been a huge influence. When we were 18, we got together and we just jam and jam and jam, go for a surf, jam, write music, and just we were just hanging out, having fun. And he did all engineering at uni and he came in with a lot of knowledge on the technical side. And I was very untechnically trained. I didn't even know what a key was when I was beginning and mm -hmm. musically like tone deaf. And he kind of came in with like worlds of knowledge and I had like a, a feeling that I could tell what good music was. And I feel like we just came together with like two different backgrounds and we mm -hmm. would just share and, and grow. And for years, we've just developed each other in, in a musical essence. And um, yeah, it was a huge transformation being able to collaborate with people because you can share knowledge and you can give, give it back to them and you just grow faster together. Definitely. Yeah. And that's so awesome. You had such like a fun routine where you go for a surf, make music, jam it. Be awesome. <laughs> And was it sort of like an experience for you to sort of, because when you're creating um, a song, you might like how something sounds. Um, and you seem like the type of person who would be open to changes and trying different things. But was it an interesting take to put, like create something with two persons' ideas instead of just yours? You understand what I'm saying? Well, yeah, definitely. No, that's it's, it's great because you've got to be flexible with collaborations. Mm -hmm. Because if you're too rigid with one direction, sometimes you won't get the best result. Um, I find that the best things come from the unexpected. So doing collaborations with people where they bring in new flavors and being open to their thoughts and their ideas and creativity and letting them letting them express everything is what creativity is. There's no such thing as a bad idea. Because if you ever feel like you can't express an idea, then it's going to block the good ones too. So just making a space that's free for creativity is and then being flexible with it and just not being stubborn with what it is that the result is and letting it come naturally. That's sick, dude. I'm taking advice from this man. I'm I'm looking forward <laughs> to listening back for this because I've never done a proper um collab before. I have with one of my good friends, Joel, um, but one where I've we it's been effective to be able to like take ideas on board and put them in and then get to a separate product. Cause it's sort of like brainstorming. We just keep on going and going and going from what you've been saying and like not really putting a standstill on anything. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You find some momentum that you both go, Oh, this sounds cool. You find like, what's the middle, um, the middle ground between the two artists normally. And it's like, I've got this electronic house background and he's got like this soulful background. So 
we'll try and make like a fusion, you know, and it's all about just like combining your strengths together. That's awesome, man. That's so sick. And so from there, you sort of start jamming together. And then I've seen recently um, you've started an amazing project called Bot World. Would that be correct? Yeah, Bot World um, is a project. Noah, who I just touched on, is actually in the projects as well. So, you know, we've been, and also with another close friend, Hugh, who sings on it as well. And mm. there's three of us. We're like three best friends. We just like always hang out and we've just like, you know, we're all into music a lot. So music's kind of the glue between our friendship. And it was just a matter of time before we did a project. And we thought that we would put it under the name Bot World and, and see how it all goes. And, you know, we've got plenty of music under that project too coming out very soon. We're just working out some visual stuff and, um it's yeah it's looking really great um i can't wait to keep keep releasing it that's awesome man and you just touched on visuals and i think visuals are such an important feature um how are you creating those yeah so with visuals um i i at the moment i'm working with multiple graphic designers so we have different designers for different projects um and we then just will go in with them and give them a brief of what you know the messages of the project um, and then from there, we'll get a visual element to align with the musical uh, message. And then from there, if you get like that cohesive energy where the visual and the audio are working together, you can create a world, in my opinion. And when you create a world for someone to experience, there's way more chance of them connecting to it because it's a, it's a new place for them to kind of come and to, to experience. And I think that the visuals can make, make music um, sometimes you know it can like even an average song if the visual is amazing it can it can get people to really buy into it I think people listen with their eyes before their ears you know they'll mm -hmm. they'll feel it out by looking at it on Spotify before even clicking on it so it's it's a huge huge thing to get your album cover and the visuals all in line with the song that's that that, that is some great great knowledge and would you guys be performing um, as a live set or a DJ set yeah, Bot World's going to be DJ. On, I'm DJing, and then the singers will be the, to the guys at the front. So there's two vocalists, and then just me as the DJ um, to start. And then we'll work into something live down the line, but we're going to start with a lean setup and, and then to see how it goes and, and really focus on the visual experience. For Definitely. Captivating. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because you'd be able to give the um, VJ the visuals and that would just be such like a euphoric experience. That would be so tight. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And when did you guys start that project? That project has been, it's been brewing for a while. We, we, we started, we did a gig for Google in Sydney and we all went up um, and we're all still playing under solo names. And we met up with a guy who uh, works for Sony. He was the A&R there and he, he came up with an idea. He was like, you guys need to start a project because you you're so close and just form it all under one name. And he inspired us to, to form the project. And from there, we've just been writing and developing the sound. So it happened, I guess, probably almost two years ago we formed now. Mm. Dude, that's sick. You performed at Google. That's <laughs> crazy. How did that come about, man? Obviously, besides was, your hard work and dedication. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. It's so weird, you know, once you start putting yourself out there, I think that opportunities do just come in. And it was after releasing a bunch of music, uh, we had, I just signed with a booking agent, New World Artists, and they had a really good connection base and they got us in for the Sydney party and we flew in, flew out pretty much in, in the, over one day, but we went in there, rocked the joint, had a really good time, then left, it was fun. That's so <laughs> sick, man, I absolutely love that. And when did your career start um, picking up momentum and like how did it feel for you when you started getting people jamming out to your music on a mass scale? Yeah, so I released my first song, which was SOS, and I was very fortunate. Like it felt like a manifestation almost because I was DJing at the place. I had this guy who just walked into like, we were DJing like a vintage fashion place in Melbourne. It was just for a friend um, and this guy walks in and he goes, you know, I, I just got made redundant from MTV. I know a couple of people from Spotify and stuff. And so I'm like, oh, awesome. I'll send over my music to you. What's your contacts? And I sent it over to him and he goes, hey, this is awesome. It's been released. He sent it on to a couple of people in Spotify and 
it got landed into some big playlists and then it charted in Australian viral charts and then it like kept superseding. So from from the first song, it's been a momentum, like just just straight away. I was very lucky to land in the right hands. Mm, definitely. Dude, that's beautiful. And I'm a firm believer that we sort of attract things into our life when we've been working so hard and we're finally ready to be able to flourish. And that is such a sick setting. A guy that got made redundant from MTV at a vintage clothing <laughs> party. Dude, you can't make that up. That's wonderful. So <laughs> that's so sick. And how long had the song been um, released for? Or did it drop after you met the guy? So, uh, yeah, I had, you know, I activated the distribution. Um, we were doing an independent release. And so then it was like three weeks it was coming out. We we uploaded it four weeks prior to the release date. Um, and I, it was just after I'd gone, all right, it's time to release. And I think that's when everything started clicking into gear with like meeting certain people and all this <laughs> stuff, which was all a part of, I think, the belief of me now taking action in the course of releasing music. And he came into my life and he at the perfect time and 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 really helped out because he he really believed in the project and um yeah it was an amazing amazing ride and I think that that's all the life is is just putting yourself out there with vulnerability and, and having that confidence in your own self and you attract mm. those opportunities if it aligns definitely and you're living proof of that man because if you hadn't have been working so hard if you hadn't have um been putting in the effort those eight hour back to backs in St Andrews man. You wouldn't have felt ready in yourself to be able to attract that sort of experience in. And that is so, exactly, yeah, yeah, that's so sick, man. And what did your mum say? Was she like going crazy? Was she loving it? Yeah, oh, of course. My parents are amazing. They're the proudest parents. And um, I, I owe them so much for obviously like giving me the right mindset, you know, because you, you, you gain so much when you're a kid. Like you get conditioned heavily by your parents and, I was fortunate enough to have parents that were open to let me believe in anything. Mm, definitely. Yeah, it's so they, true. They were <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine, man, your living room would have been going off with that thing playing. SOS, <laughs> so loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they probably heard it too many times now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you've probably heard it too many times. I can only imagine. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent. So I'll, always, I'll always love it because it's like a very, very special part of my life in that time. Yeah, definitely. And what year did it come out? 2017. Great year. Great year. That's ace, yeah. man. And so from there and from it getting added into um, Spotify, what was the process after that, after it started gaining traction? Because um, I feel like it'd be interesting to know when you'll finally get there. Okay. okay this is awesome. This is exactly what I wanted. And then what happened with sort of your contact to progress your career, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's awesome. I um after that we we ran into some record deal offerings. Um, like a bunch of different labels were all pitching to sign us because it's like it was pretty rare to have a song first release get over a million streams within a couple of months. So people were like going, Oh, this is really cool. So we ended up signing with one large recordings. Mm -hmm. Um who used to run Stereosonic and they did Festival X uh, at their most recent festival and they were awesome. So we did seven songs with them and, and then they continued to release our, our tracks and we built up the whole catalogue with, with those guys. And, you know, coming back to it now, we're at the point where we're back to independent. Come to Life was released um, on my own label. I learned all what I needed through releasing with One Love. They were awesome and being super transparent with how it all operated in the industry. So I have been able to develop uh, my own system in place and take it on all on board. And hopefully it's a, a lot more of a long-term thing and hoping to share the knowledge with up and coming artists that I believe in that are also on a similar path in music. And hopefully we can cultivate an amazing community through it all. Definitely. And it was called Critical Feeling, wasn't it? Your um, imprint. Yeah. Critical Feelings, the record label. Um, and it's it come to life is the first demo release under Critical Feeling and there's going to be yeah 18 more just just like it coming each month but we've worked out that it's best to just plan a strategy about monthly releases and look at your goals as a very long-term thing because if you look at it in the short term you'll find that you can easily disappoint with expectations of certain songs not doing what you might expect etc so it's important to hold that long-term vision of making sure that that's that's the goal in the 18-month plan and, and making sure that it's 
one brick at a time on, on getting there. Dude, I absolutely love that. I especially love that eulogy. One step at a time, one brick at a time. It's so true. So true. Because you're looking <laughs> at this um, 18 months and it's like, whoa, that's crazy. How am I going to keep on top of that? One brick at a time. That's yeah, so dude. good. <laughs> <laughs> just keep present, you know, and just keep chipping at it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's such good advice because it's clearly working because you've been able to, as you've said, just create this awesome project brand label that you can sort of um, reach out and help other aspiring artists that would maybe not be able to get the clarity on certain things to release their music or grow their career because that's sort of the pillars of critical feeling from what you've just said yeah that's it man it's it is that critical feeling and that essence of of helping those artists get clarity and, and aspirations and giving them just the right frame of mind because it's just the mindset that it is if you're equipped with the right mind through this industry you'll get really longevity out of it mm, definitely that's so nice and when you were because you obviously released your song um when you're quite young and you're getting these gigs it was awesome did you ever play any dj sets um at like clubs on chapel street or other places in the city or was it more festival yeah. type performances yeah so no i've been around man i've done heaps of sets of revs um i did dj under like an alias which was just my full name and i would just play under there and just um you know play a lot of techno and house music and through those experiences i i gained a different knowledge again of how to dj and how to like treat people on the dance floor and um i also played i've played it around at where would you say Chapel Street. I played at Lucky Clock once. Mm. Um, not not as many club gigs because my music's definitely catered towards the festival uh, atmosphere. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've always enjoyed it, and I can't wait for to come back because it's gonna be it's gonna be a hot market when we all when we all going out again. <laughs> Dude, people are gonna be wild. But that's so awesome. You were just smashing it at revs. How did that opportunity come about? They would have obviously heard about your bursting talent, brother. Man, so I, I came across uh, a guy who's he was also a mentor at the time, Steve Ward. Um, he, mm. he's, he's been around for a long time. He's played around like Rainbow Serpent and he's done his own record label. So he took me under his wing and, and he was a bit of a mentor in my production as, as well and taught me so much. And, and from that, he was giving me the opportunity to play at all these amazing venues. Definitely. That would have been so, so awesome and special because... As we were touching on before with how um, the euphoria and atmosphere at Strawberry Fields is so amazing. You can't really put your finger on it. Like you're not really thinking about anything else. Revolver is definitely one of those places where the last thing you're thinking about is like how it's like how it was made. It's just like, whoa, this is so beautiful and so immersive. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's something, it's almost like it, it reignites almost the tribal feeling in there. I feel everyone's just going crazy and wild and we, we can really get back to our basics. It's beautiful. That is such a good way to put it because that's exactly what it's like in places like a festival where you've driven three hours from home or if you're at Revs where everyone can just sort of be themselves. It is like nothing really matters but the music and the connections that you make with new people. Yeah, that's 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 everything. <laughs> yeah. That's so tight. Was there a favorite set that you've played there? Because when the vibe's high, which I'm sure you would definitely bring to your sets, it would be wild. Definitely. There's one moment that came straight to mind. I was playing the six six AM to seven AM set, which was the final set in the band room. And I remember playing a set that was quite progressive house and techno. So there was a bit of like mood, you know, it was a bit dark in ways. And then at the very end, I played a disco song by DJ Cozy and Lapsley, Operator. Oh, and the, 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 the lighting guy, I didn't plan this at all, but he put down the disco ball and then put on all the lights and, it was, and then the curtains came up and it was morning. And then everyone just started like feeling really positive after like all this like long progressive set and, Everyone was ecstatic. People were giving me hugs, almost like going, that was insane. Oh. Like no one expected it. You know what I mean? It's like how we mentioned earlier, you play that unexpected record and you can really give people like something they've never experienced. Dude, I'm there right now. I'm imagining <laughs> this. That is so beautiful. Oh, that yeah. song hits every spot in anyone's heart who's ever heard it before. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like it goes back almost. I think that my grandparents love that song. There's something about it that connects to the older generations as well. It's a very like multi, 
like uh, diverse with like demographic and age like connections. It, it really blends into everyone. Definitely, awesome. yeah, dude. Oh, that's the best thing about um chasing your dream and staying on your career, which is why those tools mentioned before of visualization and meditation, having people to bounce off is so good. So you're able to create those memories that. 90 year old jammer would just be able to look on and be like yes i did it (laughs) 100 percent. yeah that's what it's all about (laughs) definitely because all you um really take away with you in this world is your impact on other people and your memories that's really all that matters in my opinion people only remember how you made them feel Mm. Definitely. And so, like, it's all about just getting cultivating that emotion for people and that and that feeling, and that's what will stick with them. And I think it almost is like, you know, I think we're all souls here that are here to learn, and I think that we cultivate emotion, and you can gain knowledge through experience to people, and it goes in your soul, and you can take that onto the next life, and it just like keeps growing, and your soul can keep expanding, um, and it's like it's a beautiful cycle. Definitely, yeah, and it's so good because being able to transfer um, your feelings into music and then be able to put that onto a dance floor and then people to take away those. I feel like that's what I can grasp from playing parties and relating back to you how you're saying it was great, but I want to be able to do this with my music so people can feel something so amazing from something I've created. And yeah, that's just so authentic. Yep. It's so good. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's 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 an amazing journey and I um I'm super, super super like stoked to be on this one for sure. It's beautiful. Definitely. And touching back on that DJ Co song, man, the first time I heard it was um, I just finished school. I went to Babylon 2019. <laughs> Have you ever been to Babylon before? I haven't. I've heard all about it, though. <laughs> dude, that is the scariest <laughs> festival I've ever been to, dude. The people there are crazy. It's like Jurassic Park. Wow. <laughs> Oh, and we we got there, and I got a lift with um one of my friends, like friends. I was out of my depths, and um I get there, and then there's like a, just a massive line. It's really hot, and then we like get to the front, and then we just I need to walk to find my school friends. Um, no signal or anything, and then as I'm walking past the cars, I just hear this song in the distance, and it's that song. So that's the first memory I have with that song. It was so wow. good. What, what an introduction to the festival too. That's that's a good way to enter. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was just like these absolute dinosaurs, man, in this like a souped up four-wheel drive, and like they were just pumping it. I'm like, this is a track. I was like, what yeah. an intro. Um, that's awesome. What a vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I started incorporating it into my sets and listening to it in the shower, in the car. It's just, yeah, such a special track. Yeah. It's so good. And I relate back to what you're saying as well about how it relates to all different types of audiences. If you haven't listened to a special track, because I am um, DJ at the soccer. Very, It's actually very fun for Melbourne City. I'm not a massive soccer person, but it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. And this, yeah, and whenever I play that certain song, Operator, the security guards, they froth it. They start dancing. I'm like, she's like, I love this song. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do, Gobba. Yeah. I was like, it's a trap. So do I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she four stars dancing. It's so ace. And yeah, just hearing that story, man, of like you just like putting that hot sauce at the end of that, like really like, um curated on the spot set of just progressive melodic elements it's emotional it's at its peak and just ah that's what it's all about baby totally yeah you get to explore the depths of people's shadows through that style of music and you know i think if you give them something light at the end something really positive you can like kind of heal what they've been thinking about during that set because that type of music can really bring out thoughts of people's subconscious if you take them for a journey and you know if you can give them the light at the end they'll leave feeling really healed and, and with a new experience Definitely, yeah, because I feel like in a set, um, obviously all of it's so important and it's beautiful, but I feel like some of the most memorable moments um, are the start and the finish, personally. And yeah, That's it. Yeah, it's so sick. And is there any um, arts that you've seen where you've listened to their set, it's awesome, you know, like this can't get any better, and then for the final song, they just pull out something and it's like the best, like best time to play that track ever. Yeah, I remember I was 18 and I was at the Meerkat Basement, which is a club that doesn't exist anymore. Um, mm. And I was very lucky to attend there. And Roland Tings, I saw mm. him there and he was playing this really progressive track. 
through the whole the whole set. It was like a three hour set, and then the very end was really like kind of euphoric trance song that came on. And I remember that was kind of where I think I learned to give them positive at the end because from that experience as a dancer and as a, as a fan. I got to really feel that. And then like from that experience, you know, you can only learn from your idols and then bring that into you, incorporate that into your work. And you can you can bring in so much greatness from other people's magic. Definitely, yeah, that's so true. And yeah, it all relates back to just um, in a way investing in yourself by going, being a raver, traveling three hours to dance in someone's cornfield and just being able to harness all these memories and just put them out and into your DJ sets. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's that's all it is. Is your experiences are what your 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 is all you really know. We all just mm -hmm. know from our experiences, and you just draw draw from them to then give that on to new people. Definitely, that's such a good point as well because we absorb everything, I believe, through like subconscious and by putting yourself in certain situations, whether you are aware of it or not, you're influencing further things. Um, I believe, and that's so good like okay i'm gonna to go to a muse an art museum brother and like oh okay i might not want to do that but if you go you're probably you might get that little hint little light bulb moment go home hop on the computer channel your inner van go and here we are creating an absolute yeah. track <laughs> exactly i love the way you put that i think it's almost like it's ideal to do that finding inspiration from other art forms other mediums because mm. there's a lot of different artists out there that work with like paints or work with a different medium art form and they can they have different processes of their creativity and you can then analyze their creative process and then bring it into the way you write music and you can find full direct correlation links there and it's it's beautiful because you can just fully adapt and, and find new things to bring to the audiences. Definitely, yeah. I love what you're saying because it seems like you are continually growing and you're not stagnant ever with what's coming into that big, beautiful mind of yours, man. You're constantly growing and being able to channel new experiences and put that out for people to listen to, which is so great. Thank you. Yeah, it's all about that. Like on my daily, my daily routine of writing music, it's all about trying to have a new experience in the morning. Go to a new park. Go to meet. Go smile at someone new on the street. Go, go drive somewhere new and try to give yourself the new stimulant of visuals of where you go in your environment. And then that's gonna give you the new, new experience of the song. And then that's how I find that you can keep things interesting. Mm, dude, I want to put that on a pillow, man. That is so true because you're experiencing new things. And I love especially what you said about smiling at that certain person because if you can't offer anyone anything, give them a smile. <laughs> yeah. No, you really will make their day. And once you see them smile a little bit back, you know you've done it. And then that only can reinstall more smiles. So yeah, exactly. It <laughs> it's contagious because then they're probably going to smile at someone there. It's yeah. beautiful. Oh. It's like it's the same as music, but isn't it? Like a, a good a good song comes through and it imprints one person, then they share it. It's like that positive positive energy really ripples through people. Definitely, yeah. Well, getting to talk um to you and learn more about you, it's so apparent that you're just about spreading like the good vibes and wanting to give back through your imprint of critical feeling or smiling at people, brother. Like it's such a genuine thing that really shines through your positive, upbeat music. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like that's what it's all about for the for for the music is to, you know, speak the messages of what you 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 stand by as a person, what you what your morals are, and then if your music aligns with those morals, I think it's the most authentic. Definitely, man. And touching back on your um daily routine, what does a day in the life usually look like for you, man? Like you mentioned, going on a walk, maybe occasionally surfing, smiling at anyone that you could buy which is beautiful yeah, like yeah. what's the go really so i normally will just like i wake up i like to fast in the mornings i try not mm. to eat until a certain time which gives me um i think a bit of a a really sharp clarity in, in my mind because i think if you haven't eaten you, when i do eat i feel a little bit slower personally so like i find i like to work a little bit hungry because I, I agree you can, you can then go through things a bit faster it's almost like you you in, unlock a bit of your hunting inside your body almost a bit more um and you can find things better and i, I find then after i've like you know woken up i'll probably go do that new new environment where i will stimulate my mind go for a walk or do all that stuff and come back i'll find samples i might before i start any idea I'll probably do almost two hours of sample hunting before mm -hmm. any idea new and i'll just 
hunt down, make a make a little playlist and of like sounds that I'm feeling like at the moment after my experience. And then after I've developed all the, the sounds in like that I've got from Splice or from other platforms, I'll then have another break and I'll go and then try experience something else new and clear the mind again from that way of thinking of all those samples. And it's a, a defining process of picking those sounds and then I'll come back in and then sharpen and delete the ones that aren't the next best thing. And then I'll do that again, have another break. And then it might even get five minute break this time. And then I'll come back in and then go over it again, the samples. And I'm just like filtering this thing over three times as much as I can. And then I'll put them into Ableton and I'll start just warping them together and I'll start mashing all the samples together. And then just trying to like flesh out an idea and I'll try hopefully have a whole song done within about two hours after all that. Um, I find that the best ones will really come through. Um, and then I like to use like, um, inspirations from friends my partner is and is an amazing inspiration and support and i find that they all bring in such a unique essence to what we do and sometimes you know occasionally i'd like to find inspiration and step outside of the studio and it's important to listen to your music in all different environments so bounce it out go put it in my car listen put all the windows down and just bang around and then i'll find that the new idea for the song will come through because i'm again in a new environment with driving and i've found that like the tree like it's shaped like this cultivates this shape for some mm -hmm. reason it makes me think this certain energy which then cultivates the new arrangement for the song and it's bizarre but you can find inspiration in absolutely everything and just making sure that you're always moving i feel that you don't want to ever be stagnant i find that if you just keep moving about it keep that blood flow going you'll, you'll keep your creativity going dude i'm so keen to listen to your entire discography after this and just Think about your process after you just explained that so well. That is so awesome about how you, yeah, your creative process. It seems like there's a lot of, um, I would say planning, but not necessarily in traditional methods because you go sample hunting and then you do something which I feel is unique is you take a, a breather and just think about it and not try and just cram like cram something into Ableton until you're ready and inspired and you feel like you're going to make something of passion and joy. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it's because it's all about that uh, alignment of your energy because the music's the reflection and it gets to a certain point in the song where, you know, if you ever get stuck, I'll lie down on the couch in the studio behind it and just leave the song on loop and I'll get myself into that meditative state with the song on in the background and you just with breathing. And then I'll find that once you find that exact moment of being so present, you'll hear the song of how it truly is. And you'll kind mm. of um, get, get rid of any like negative thoughts in a, in a sense, which are blockages of creativity. It's all about just like opening up your mind so that it can just flow through creatively and you just step aside and let the creativity come through you, you channel it and i feel like that's when all the magic happens when you're in flow state definitely yeah i absolutely love that because I, another artist touched on this um from something i was listening to and he was saying like the music isn't necessarily his idea it's just sort of come to them and then they've been able to channel it effectively that's why when they get an idea they have to flesh it out but you you've just talked about mechanisms of how to channel that Mm, that, that's it it's all, it's all about working out that system of how you can channel it it's a little bit different for everyone and, and that's what works for me so I hope that some other people you know that might be listening to this can take that on board and I find that if you if you really start to work on on what gives you that flow state and that creativity you'll find that the music starts flowing through you and I realized that virus block is is not a thing it doesn't exist and it's all just in your mind and once you unlock that you can get past every single hurdle Mm, that's so true <laughs> and that also touches back to what you're saying about setting up an environment that sort of is open to collaborate and it's like a happy sort of environment because you're not going to get writer's block if you're in a place where you're able to like channel yourself effectively because you're so comfortable it's easy to work around and collaborate you have your couch so you can sit back and crank out a medi whilst listening to a 15 second loop and like sort of thinking more and more about it and I, I would agree with you. Yeah, there may be writer's block if you aren't, if something's wrong in your environment or your mechanisms in sort of, yeah, getting the music out. And so that's such a wealth yeah. of knowledge. Um, yeah. 
but that's so it yeah it's all about like i think you know writer's block is definitely it's a real thing but it's like if you know how to get past it then you realize that it's not a real thing and then once you believe that it's not a real thing it doesn't come around anymore because you know how to get out of it hmm. <laughs> definitely yeah and that's applicable to areas of life as well whether you're in um, business or if you're um, an artist it's so good because what you just said about setting up a space which might be an office or a studio and then having certain things in place to be able to help you take a break for example picking colors if you're a painter setting them out and then okay even though I might want to start I'm going to go on a quick walk around the block and think about this and then you say a bird you know whoa wait a minute and then ping 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 and then at the end of it you have something okay then you start a little go for a break and yeah that's really 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 good and I especially love the analogy of going in the car because I do that so much there's brother the most sacred space is at night driving and listening to your music that is where it all like yeah I know man that's like my favorite thing in the world almost like something about the solitude of when you're in your own space you know I bet you can really connect to your true self and you're playing your music and the car turns into like a spaceship it feels like because it's like this own world you're just hooning along to your own beats and it's like yeah there's nothing quite like it I know what you mean (laughs) yeah definitely it's like the shower it's just like a different world the shower or your car at night is so special and is there any certain like I personally have a couple of circuits around my house that I like to go at night because it's like it'd be like along the beach or it'll be like um, past like these nice like nature as you said is there certain circuits where you go at night to crank your tunes and it's just like this is it <laughs> this is such Definitely. a great moment yeah a hundred percent it actually depends on the type of song that I'm making like so if I'm making the jamming song, I'll I'll definitely try to get to the sunset or something like that, where it's more of that like euphoria coming from nature. Mm. It's like that peak peak moment that only lasts for like 15 minutes, and I find that that's like special because you can find like so much amazingness in the colors and the way it's all shaped. And if I'm making something more like techno, then I'd really like to go on the freeway. Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and just like lock into the like cruise control and just like put it on the limit, and then just like hook through the lights and go through everything and I feel like that's creative cultivating a full another experience of inspiration you want to you want to find your circuits for what type of music you're making because you'll find that the different circuits have got different inspiration dude I love that I <laughs> thought I was the only one that would like specifically choose a circuit that's so nice hearing you uh, talk about it as well you're not alone you're not crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's so ace i could just imagine going side by side and with you on the nepean highway man you're just doing 120 <laughs> in the right lane just geared yeah. up. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we pass each other one day soon and we're, hope we're both testing out our new music <laughs> yeah it's side by side the lights and it's just like, like yeah. cars just both <laughs> man i'm keen to get some subwoofers next yeah yeah <laughs> I love that so much, Bear. That's so ace. And yeah, we've touched on so many amazing things from mindset to um, like carrying out a song to sort of like handling things when things sort of gain traction. And then also like, yeah, just the overall channels of being a wonderful human and achieving what you want to achieve. Is there any other sort of advice that you'd want to give out to people that might be starting out or they're careers like sort of oh like it hasn't happened yet for me where I haven't got that guy who just got made redundant on MTV (laughs) walk into my life um which I'm sure your life still would have blossomed what it has now but yeah some sort of advice for those keep on pushing or get started yeah 100% you know like there's there's so much in that and I feel like for up-and-coming artists the biggest word that I, I love to use is patient patience is a virtue because um, I think that the universe itself knows more about your life plan than you do. Um, and the thing about the way we work is we we can want things now sometimes. And from experience, I found that if you wait, the, all the best things in the life come to you. The good things take time. And if you keep working at it on that daily routine, keep being present in the moment and just keep working on your goals and believing in yourself because you know, if you if you can't believe in yourself, then no one else will. So it's all so important to believe in yourself because if you do, then other people naturally will know that, that they can believe in you too. And that's where it all starts. I love that. Dude, 
I'm getting jade up. I'm gonna have a great rider sesh after this, man. I'm gonna be backing out some inspo tunes. This is hey, beautiful. Yeah, you have to send it over to me. I'd be keen to hear it. <laughs> Definitely, man. So so good. And what? Where can people find you on socials and your label, Critical Feeling? Yeah, so criticalfeelinglabel.com for the record label and Critical Feeling on all those social medias. And you can find me at Jamison Kingston um, on Instagram, whereas I'm most active on there. And I release all my music from all my projects and update with like tips and tricks and, and nice philosophical beliefs. Definitely, man. And is there any gigs in the pipeline that hopefully won't be postponed for too much longer? There's a couple of gigs locked in, um, and they've been they've been they have been getting postponed a couple of times. Uh, the, there's a show at the Northcote Social Club with Matilda Pearl coming up next year, um, mm-hmm. and that's that's looking really fun. And I'm I'm keen to bring out the live show for that and and give everyone I guess what I've been working on during the last two year lockdown. You know, it's it, I feel like it's very special, and there's going to be so much amazing music coming out of coming out of this this period. That is awesome, man. Dude, thank you so much for this chat. This has been surreal. This has been so beneficial for me, and I'm sure it'll be so beneficial for others as well. Thank you so much. And I, I am, I'm super grateful for your request on getting me on here, man. Thank you so much for thinking of me, and I hope to do it again soon. Dude, part two is definitely going to be better. It's going to be like Harry Potter. It's going to be beaten Beasy, <laughs> Jamo, the Chamber of Secrets, brother. It is going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to once we're all out of um these lockdowns to see yeah how these projects are coming along with the monthly releases it's going to be it's going to be very interesting amazing i'm really looking forward to it and we'll do another update very soon definitely all right cheers for that man no worries thanks ledge bye see ya